Welcome to the analysis. I'm Greg Wilpert. Today we'll take a closer look at the outcome of Peru's June 6th presidential election, where the left candidate, Pedro Castillo, narrowly won the presidency. Over 18 million Peruvians cast ballots last Sunday to choose a new president in a second-round runoff vote. They faced a very contrasting choice between right-wing Keiko Fujimori, the daughter of the former dictator Alberto Fujimori, and the leftist Pedro Castillo, a rural teacher and union organizer. With 97% of the ballots counted, newcomer Pedro Castillo appears to have won by a slender margin of half a percentage point, 50.25% to 49.75%, or by nearly 100,000 votes. So what happened? Why did so many Peruvians vote for Fujimori, someone who promised more neoliberalism and who faces numerous corruption charges? And what can we expect from a Castillo presidency in Peru? Joining me from Lima, Peru, to make sense of this is Francesca Emanuel. She's a Peruvian graduate student in anthropology at American University and also a columnist for the Peruvian news outlet Huayca. She went to Peru to observe the election. Thanks for joining me today, Francesca. Thank you, Greg. So Pedro Castillo, uh, the rural and uh, a rural teacher and union organizer, came out of nowhere uh, in the first round of the vote last April with about 19% of the vote, well ahead of Keiko's 13%. And polls showed that, as far as I understand, Castillo was slightly ahead of Fujimori until a few weeks before the election. So what happened? How did the vote come to be so close? Well, um, so uh, since he, since, since the first round, uh, all the media allied together to support Keiko Fujimori and to uh, actively attack uh, Castillo. They called him a terrorist. They said that he had ties with the Shining Path, and they said that Castillo was a communist. The media and like the big companies uh, started like. Uh, 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 a robust, robust campaign against him. So they put uh, all over Lima, for example, uh, banners, like big signs, uh, uh, encouraging people not to vote for communism, like uh, making a parallelism between communism and poverty and scarcity. Uh, they they were spreading fake news about Castillo saying that he was going to expropriate uh, all the private properties, uh, that he was going to make Peru another Venezuela. Uh, but the, but I think they realized in the past two weeks that the message that was uh, creating more fear in the population was the message about terrorism and the shining path. Um, and, and they went ahead. They had several of the members of his party on the media several times, not them being interviewed, but showing pictures of them supposedly uh, uh, being part of the shining path or being part of Mobadev. Many of those claims uh, were with no evidence uh and of, and and even though if there was any uh connection of them with certain radical leftist groups that are fighting for the liberation or the freedom of the shining path 
um, uh, members who are now in prison. Uh, in fact, that organization is not Ill illegal in, in Peru. Uh, but, but the reality is that uh, many of these allegations were with no, <laughs> with no evidence. They even pushed uh, for one of the party members of Pedro Castillo who won uh, um, to be a Congress uh, man in the next Congress, uh, Peruvian Congress, uh, they pushed for him to uh, reopen um, a process against him in the judiciary to put him in prison, supposedly for uh, organizing a terrorist attack, a process that he went through a years ago, and it was uh, there was a sentence that said that he had no uh, connection with this supposedly organized uh, terrorist attack. Well, I guess a kind of related question, though, is uh, why do you think Fujimori continues to enjoy so much support? I mean, uh, she's faced corruption charges of you know having embezzled something like $17 million for her presidential campaign. Uh, and she also has a track record as being an adherent of her father's authoritarian and neoliberal economic policy agenda. So what's going on there? Why does she why is she so massively popular, it seems? Well, for the last 30 years, uh, in Peru, there has been imposed uh, an economic model that has given a lot of power to different uh, 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 big companies and power groups. For example, I was talking about the media. 80% of the media belongs to only one company, El Grupo El Comercio. El Comercio has uh, around 20 magazines and newspapers. I mean, you see, uh, you go to a kiosk to get a newspaper and like 90% of them uh, have uh, headlines saying how horrible Castillo is or how great would be a situation or a, or a, a presidency of Keiko Fujimori. Uh, so that's big. Uh, the, other, uh, the other concentration of power here is in, in uh, this like uh, business Groups. So, for example, there are monopolies like uh, uh, the, the, the drug stores, like uh, there are two companies that run all the drug stores in Peru. Uh, they don't want to lose power. They don't want to lose their oligopoly. Uh, same happened with beer, like 98% of beer in Peru is like run by one company. And I can give you a whole list of these companies that are really uh, running the country and they are like 14, 14 families that are running the country and they are, they are putting all their money to convince people that Keiko is the option and the other one is the option of scarcity, poverty, uh, uh, like, uh, as I said before, coming Venezuela. And we have to understand that this is not just a rhetoric about uh, terrorism or, or the shining path. This is something that people went through. I mean, there was a real internal war here in Peru, and more than 60,000 people were killed. No, half of them by, uh, by um, well, not all half of them, but uh, thousands by Fujimori's regime and the previous regime as well. Uh, but 
and but half of them by the shining path so people remember that and it was a very sad period in our history so uh so yeah they they are afraid of this of, of this potential situation of coming back there there even though there's no any indication that anything like that would happen i i want to tell you uh, uh, an episode, a, a horrible, dramatic, uh, tragic situation, um, uh, attack, actually, uh, two weeks ago, or uh, around two weeks ago, in, in the jungle in Peru, in an area called El Brahem, um, near to, uh, to El Rio Ene, the, the river Ene, and, and 16 people were killed, uh, and at least a child was burned in in this uh, terrorist attack, supposedly. This happened two weeks before the elections. The military said that it was the shining path. <laughs> that An attack like that has never happened in the past 30 years. This big, like 16 people killed by, by the shining path. And you, you had all the pictures uh, of these dead people with blood and so on all over the media supposedly an attack organized by the shining path and supposedly they spread out a bunch of flyers saying that if, if for people who voted for Keiko they were gonna have a revenge against them so uh, this sounds very suspicious and I don't want to say that Keiko Fujimori and her party organized this but definitely there there I mean it doesn't seem likely that the shining path suddenly if they want to support Pedro Castillo they 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 kill these 16 people and they spread out flyers saying they that they were going to uh, attack the people who vote who vote for Keiko Fujimori so I I mean I'm talking about a campaign that is very violent and aggressive and Keiko Fujimori, as you mentioned before, she can go to prison. And not only her, most of her party can go to prison if they don't, if they lose this election. So for them, it's like, like life of the, or death. And they are putting all their resources and getting all these alliances, even with people who were against her before, like uh, Mario Vargas Llosa, who is the literature, uh, literature novel prize uh, from Peru, who uh, actively campaigned to support her. They even had an event in Ecuador uh, with all the right wing in Latin America. Keiko couldn't go because she's been under investigation. She couldn't leave the country, but they had the event online supporting her and, and claiming that she was going to support democracy. In the past two weeks, Leopoldo Lopez and, and his wife, Lilian Tintori, came to Peru to campaign for her. They were all over the media. They had an event with Keiko Fujimori. It was, it was ironic because they had an event with Keiko Fujimori and Keiko uh, pledged that she was going to comply with all the rules of democracy. And Leopoldo Lopez was the person who was like, uh, confirming that she was going to do that. Uh, and uh, Tuto Quiroga from Bolivia, he was all over the media a couple of days ago talking about how it would be horrible for Peru if Pedro Castillo wins. So this is not only an elections 
that uh, people in Peru and the big companies and the powers in Peru care about, but the whole region, because this can change the, the correlations of power in the region. So, uh, so this was an, an effort from here and also from outside for Keiko to win. And, and definitely, I mean, it, it had some results. That's why it's very tight. It's also true that one third of the population lives here in Lima. And one third of this population uh, uh, has no understanding of uh, uh, that this development that they think that the, the uh, country went through, it didn't reach out older places and their very fancy neighborhoods. Um, and so, so there is like a, a several factors that that uh, has led us to this result. I guess one could even say that it's almost a miracle that Pedro Castillo got as far as he did, considering all the obstacles he faced. But um, I want to get into well, what's going to happen now. I mean, uh, Fujimori apparently says that she plans to challenge some of the vote count, alleging uh, irregularities. Is there any evidence of that, and could this still change uh, the outcome of the of the result? Yeah, so let me go back a little bit to um, the fact that it's incredible, actually, that Pedro Castillo won after all these attacks and after all these big power groups like Ally and, and, and going after him. Um, just a few days ago, there was the end of the campaign and a big event uh, on, on, on Thursday, I think. Uh, yeah, on Thursday. And Keiko had a huge show. She brought uh, singers. Um, uh, the son of Mario Vargas Llosa uh, was there. Uh, it was televised in all the, the, the TV channels. While Pedro Castillo uh, had 30 seconds on the on the on Peruvian TV TV channels 30 seconds so uh, this is the, uh, the attack is it's it I mean I never seen a campaign like this and I came here with uh, a couple of delegations from Democratic Socialists of America and from Progressive International Progressive International has experience in observing elections and they are shocked as well. Wherever we go where, uh, with whoever we meet, the Coordinadora Nacional de Derechos Humanos, uh, they are telling us that there hasn't been this level of aggression and violence and, and, and inequalities in terms of cover, uh, coverage of the campaign. So uh, coming back to, to the, other, uh, the other subject, Last night, Keiko Fujimori had a press conference saying that uh, there was evidence of fraud in polling stations. Um, she talks about irregularities. She showed three videos that have no sense, I have to say, no sense, to the point that the media uh, outside Peru uh, are talking just about irregularities because <laughs> Really, there's no evidence. Even the OAS in the European Union has said that there is no evidence of any fraud. But the problem of this allegations is that she is creating a narrative. And there is almost 50% of the population that doesn't want Castillo there. 
that are super afraid of what can happen in the next uh, five years of his presidency. So uh, she is in, she's trying to destabilize this, this uh, process and she's trying to bring people to the streets and, and challenge Castillo and challenge his presidency. She is acting in, not only in, in an irresponsible manner, but she's acting in a criminal way as she has been acting for the past uh, 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 three years, actually, since she was the, the first lady when her father was the dictator of this country. I want to turn to Castillo. I mean, uh, what do we know? I mean, we don't know too much about him because he comes out of nowhere practically. But what, uh, what did he promise to do and what do you think we can expect him to do as president? Yeah, um, yeah. so Castillo is, uh, as you said, a rural teacher. It's, it's a victory for the, uh, for the Peruvian working class people, for the Peruvian campesinos, for the indigenous, that he, he has won these elections. It has never happened in the history of Peru that someone from the working class reached this, I mean, becomes a president ever. And uh, so we have to, to understand that and see it uh, in perspective. His party is a very weak party. It wasn't a national party. It was a regional party. Uh, it's just still kind of like bumpy and disorganized because it just came suddenly to, to, to become the, the biggest force, political force, in, in this country. So um, his party is a leftist party. He was invited by this party. He wasn't a member of this party. Uh, he is a leftist, but he still has certain uh, um, discrepancies with the, uh, the historical left in Peru and the left of Veronica Mendoza, who was another candidate in the first elections who ran two times for the presidency. Uh, for example, he is still conservative. He, he thinks that uh, abortion shouldn't be uh, uh, passed and that LGBTQ people uh, shouldn't get married. He has said it openly, but he also has uh, shown that he's open to change his positions. In the past few weeks, Veronica Mendoza, this uh, political former candidate I mentioned, met with him, they signed a pact, an agreement, and, and they are talking about these other issues. And he said that if people in Peru wants to support abortion and if want to support a, a gay marriage, he will do it. He will uh, support it as well. He is supporting um, uh, uh, the change of the constitution, a uh, new constitution, uh, change of a constitution that was approved under the dictatorship of Alberto Fujimori in 1993. And yeah, so he supports Land, uh, land reform, and he also supports mining, but he says under conditions that protects labor, uh, uh, labor rights and the environment. So he is now 
putting together a more robust plan for his presidency. He is receiving support for many academics and former politicians from the left, and many of them from Nuevo Peru, the party of Veronica Mendoza, and he has shown himself uh, with, them in, with them in several events. So uh, we, I think we will know soon the specifics of his next plan. He has been like uh, his plan for, for the presidency. He has been just responding to the attacks uh, by the media. Uh, these attacks, as I said, have been coming from all over the place. Now, you mentioned that he has only a very small party. I imagine that they don't have a majority in uh, the, uh, the legislature. So I'm just wondering, what are his chances of actually implementing his program? I mean, does he have enough support in the legislature? How does it look? Yeah, so his party is not that he's small, per se. Um, it, it, was, it, it was regional, right? Uh, it has support. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of weak in, term of, in terms of organizing because they they become of being a region regional party to a now a national one so they are going through that transition there are many mechanisms about communications strategies uh working groups that are not placed yet uh they have 37 members in congress in peru there are 130 uh, members of congress so yeah, definitely they don't have the majority. The majority is 66 members. Uh, Veronica Mendoza and her party uh, had only five members. And there is another leftist liberal party that has three members. So not even uh, summing up that we can reach the six, 66 members that are needed for a majority. But what what is true is that Keiko Fujimori has a lot of, of parties and social movements that hate her, that reject her. And, and I think, and some people that we met during these days think that the, the scenario will change when he wins, that there are some parties that will support some of his proposals. One of the challenges, of course, the, the new constitution the the act the the constitution we have now doesn't have many path path to to change it of course it was coming from a dictatorship uh so he will need a lot of support in the streets and a lot of international support to in order to put together and reach uh, his policies his leftist policies Actually, that's the next thing I wanted to turn to briefly is the uh, international context. You mentioned earlier that uh, his election will changes the geopolitics of Latin America. I just wanted to know if you could say a little bit more about that. What does it change specifically? Yeah, so Pedro Castillo has been very clear. He has been close to uh, Evo Morales. And he has said publicly that for him, Evo Morales' presidency and Rafael Correa's presidency in Ecuador is an example for him. He he looks up to them. And he has also said publicly that he doesn't consider Maduro a dictator. Uh, as many of the the uh, governments in this region does. So uh, he's very clear about that. He has said that he wants to strengthen 
the international uh, integration in this part of the region. And, and we're talking about UNASUR, CELAC, Los Países del Alba. So, uh, so yeah, we have historically Peru not being part of El Grupo de Lima. I mean, Peru was a leader of the right wing uh, in the region and was a, a big ally for decades of the U.S. and U.S. Uh, imperial uh, uh, policies towards the region. I think so, we just need to explain what, what the Lima group is because most people probably oh, don't yeah. know. Yeah. So El Grupo de Lima was actually, it is, uh, a group of countries in in Latin America that got together to try to overthrow the uh, presidency of Maduro in Venezuela, and they met several times, uh, pushing Maduro, like trying to delegitimize uh, its his government, and not even not never mentioning the sanctions of the U.S. against Venezuela. So this group has been um, very useful for the right-wing, not only governments, but also uh, right-wing companies in the region. They have been having events, um, and it's the group that actually kind of organized this event for Keiko in, in Ecuador, uh, and with Lasso also helping there. So it's huge. It's huge. Uh, this, this, uh, this results in these elections are huge for the region and the world. Now, finally, I just want to <clears throat> get to a point about the context uh, that is uh, the significance of this election for, for Peru, because just like in Colombia, the battle against insurgent groups such as uh, the Shining Path and I guess also maybe the Tupac Amaru, Amaru revolutionary movement, they served as uh, an excuse to repress Peru's left, it seems. Uh, now, do you think uh, that Castillo winning the presidency signals an end to the left's marginalization in Peru? So, so Greg, this is a tough question. Uh, because if Castillo doesn't organize his political, his own political movement, he does. If he doesn't strengthen strengthen these alliances that I talk about, uh, so it can be harmful for the left here. Uh, as I said, this is the first time that uh, leftist candidate that are coming from that is coming from the working class is winning the presidency. It's a huge victory not only because he's there, but also for the left, because we never saw this coming. And and as you said, for decades the left have the left has been criminalized, being tied, even though it was fighting against the shining path, uh, being tied with the shining path as as it the left was the same. So if if Castillo doesn't uh, perform, doesn't uh, reach some of these policies uh, that of redistribution of wealth, uh, it can it can be harmful for for the left here. And there are some parties here that are scared about it. 
we have talked to them and and they have said that they will help and they will support him with any means they they have because that also affect them and of course affect the country right and and the future of the left okay well we're going to leave it there um i'm sure we're going to come back to you again sometime soon hopefully to see how things are going uh, I was speaking to Francesca Emanuel, Peruvian graduate student of anthropology and freelance journalist. Thanks again, Francesca, for having joined me today. Thank you. And thanks to our viewers and listeners for joining the analysis.news. Please don't forget to head to our website and make a donation so we can continue to provide programming such as this. Thanks. <laughs>